Hey, let's open our Bibles, uh, Proverbs chapter 3. I want to tell you Pam's story first, though. There was a woman named Pam, and she knew the pain of considering abortion. And more than 24 years ago, she and her husband Bob were serving as missionaries to the Philippines, and they were praying for a fifth child. And Pam contracted amoebic dysentery, which is an infection of the intestine caused by a parasite. And she went into a coma, and she was treated with strong antibiotics before they discovered that she was already pregnant. And then the doctors urged her to abort the baby for her safety and told her the the medicines that she had taken had caused irreversible damage to her baby. And she refused the abortion, and she cited her Christian faith as the reason for her hope that her son would be born without the devastating disabilities that the physicians predicted. Pam said the doctors didn't think of it as a life. They thought of it as a mass of fetal tissue. And while pregnant, Pam nearly lost their baby four times, but refused to consider abortion. She recalled making a pledge to God with her husband, if you'll give us a son, we'll name him Timothy and we'll make him a preacher. And Pam ultimately spent the last two months of her pregnancy in bed eventually gave birth to a healthy baby boy, August 14, 1987. And her youngest son is indeed a preacher. He preaches in prisons and makes hospital visits and serves with his father's ministry in the Philippines. But he also plays football. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Isn't that exciting? The story that... uh, You know, different people's lives. I just love it. Like last Sunday, uh, we got to hear all the different stories of people's lives and, and what God wants to do in, in people's lives. That's, that's really what it's all about. But the world has a different plan. But we're not following the world, right? We're following after God, and we're doing what God wants us to do. Um, just a little review. Uh, last, last week, uh, we, we looked at 1 Kings chapter 19. You remember Elijah? in the desert and Elijah in the cave. You remember that? Anybody, was anybody here? Some of you were here. <laughs> I was sort of here. I've had laryngitis all week, and, um, you know, um, I guess my wife likes that, I think. <laughs> and uh, I was praying for her to get it. <laughs> but she had it, she had it already, so it was like God said no. Elijah, after all the things that happened uh, with this incredible victory that God gave him up on Mount Carmel, you remember the story, one person threatened him. That was Jezebel. And and after that, it says that he was afraid and he ran for his life. Talk about fear. The great prophet Elijah, who was used in incredible ways, it says he got afraid and he ran for his life. And And he really wanted to die. And he prayed that God would just take his life away. But God spoke to him. God met him out there in the desert. And God told him a bunch of things. But he told him to get up. And he, he said, the journey's too much for you. And, and so he does that. And then he ends up in that cold, dark cave. And, and God speaks to him again there. And he asks him the, those words. I just I can't forget those words. What are you doing here? Because he wasn't supposed to be there. What are you doing here? And finally, after all these incredible things that happened, the powerful wind, the earthquake, the fire, uh, 
which God was not in all those things, but God spoke to him after that. After the fire, he spoke to him what? In a still small voice, right? And he said to him, go back, go back. Go back and be where I want you to be. And he says, I, you know, in essence, he says, I wasn't done with you there. And, and so for you and I, you know, we have fears and we have, uh, you know, problems in our lives and that, but, but we need to just do what God wants us to do and stay busy. And, and God isn't finished with you yet. God is not finished with me yet. So sometimes I want to run and hide too. Today I want to look at one, of, one more of my favorite verses and we're going to be starting another book soon, I promise you. Uh, but this has been kind of fun too, doing different verses that, that you know, have impacted my life. And uh, this particular uh, two verses are, are many people's favorites. Some even have them as their life verse. And uh, they're Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which I had you turn already to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And, and uh, I, I was thinking about this, and the question is, why are these verses so well known? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Some of you know the verses, right? How many of you know those verses already? Why are they so well known? Why do does so many people know them? Cynthia. We need them so much. We need them so much. Right on. There's a universal application, you know, that, that uh, they apply to, to every one of us. It's not any one of us can say, well, that, those verses, they don't apply to me. If you're saying that, you got a problem. And that's why they apply to you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, let's read them, okay, and then we'll, we'll look at them. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight or He will direct your path. The, the words can mean both there. Incredible stuff. I mean, these are words, I think, again, that we need to memorize. You know, we need to get the word in us. And these are, these, these are verses, I think, that we should all have memorized. And so maybe you've never memorized them. Some of you have, and you just heard them so many times, you know them. But for you to put them on a little 3 by 5 card or a little piece of paper and memorize, it's only two verses. I think, I think, if I can memorize two verses, I think you can too. I really do. And in the middle of the night, how many of you have those middle of the night times? You can think of these verses, and, and God can use them to minister to you when you're in the middle of those fears, in the middle of those problems. We all have problems. We all struggle, every single person here in this room. If you didn't have any problems or any struggles, you probably would not be here today. I would make a guess. So the first thing he says here is to trust in the Lord. To trust in the Lord, you could, you could just, maybe you can just memorize that little part. Trust in the Lord, that's four words you can memorize that. Trust in the Lord. And hear that, that's what God's word is saying to you and to me. Trust in the Lord. I looked up in the Webster's uh, Dictionary the word trust, and it says this, assured reliance, reliance on the character, ability, and the strength or truth of someone or something. Let me say that one more time. Assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. That's what trust is, that you actually rely on that other 
person or that other thing because, because of the character, because of what it is, because of the strength or the truth of it. He says here, obviously, he says, well, where do we need to trust? Trust in the Lord. That we might rely on His character, on His ability, on His strength, on His truth. That we'd rely on Him. The Almighty God. The Lord God. Jesus, our Savior. You know, the Hebrew, I read that uh, someone who is a Hebrew scholar, a man by the name of Driver, he says it's even stronger than, than what Webster would say. He says this, that trust had originally the idea of lying helplessly face downwards. You get that? This is what trust is, man, that you're just flat out because you are going to rely on somebody else and it's not you. That's what he's saying trust is. That, that you and I would be flat out, helplessly, face down before the Almighty God, dependent, completely reliant upon Him. So let me ask you and myself as well, is this where you and I are? Do we trust in the Lord? Do we trust in the Lord? You know, we can trust in a lot of things, huh? We can trust in a lot of someones and a lot of some things, but none can really compare to trusting in the Lord. There, there is no comparison anywhere, in any way, in any shape. Let's turn. i got some different verses I want to look at with you today that are, uh, I'm going to stay close to home here so it'll make it easy for you. But, but look at Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26. <clears throat> You see what it says there? He who trusts in himself is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. Just before that, look at the verse just before the last part. He who trusts in the Lord will prosper. But he who trusts in himself is a fool. Who are we going to trust? Who are we trusting in? Like I said, we can trust in a lot of different things. And, and I think our, our whole society, our whole kind of uh, plan is to trust in ourselves. That's what humanism is. That we trust in human, the human thing. And ultimately it gets down to me. I'm going to dig down deep and find something really good there and, and I'm going to trust in that. I'm going to trust myself to, to just be the person that I can be. Be all that you can be. What? Sorry. How about Psalm 20? Psalm 20. I have nothing against the army, by the way. I love the army. I love people who serve our country. But how could you be out serving the country in a very dangerous place without having to trust in the Lord? Amen. Psalm 20, in verse 7 and 8, says, Some trust in chariots, and some in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall but we rise up and stand firm. See, when we put our trust in the wrong things, and, and at that time when these words were written, chariots and horses were like pretty powerful stuff. Like if you had chariots and horses in your army, you had a strong army. That was, that was power. We have a lot of other things today. We have a lot of other, uh, uh, even, even knowledge that we have today is incredible compared to what they had at that point in time. And some, some of us trust in a lot of different things, a lot of powerful things. 
But he says that in the end, we're going to be, we're, by doing that, we're going to fall to our knees. But trusting in, in God, in the Lord our God, we're going to rise up and stand firm. That's where strength comes from. That's where true strength comes from. How about Psalm 22, verse 4? Psalm 22, verse 4. In you, speaking about the Lord God, he says, In you our fathers put their trust. They trusted, and you delivered them. They cried to you and were saved. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. You know what? God will not disappoint you. It doesn't mean he's going to answer every uh, question, every prayer, everything that you or I want. But I know that as you and I trust in him, he will never disappoint us. I've seen it. I believe it. I know it. I know it by experience for 35 years that God has always been faithful. Have I always been faithful? No. Have I always trusted in him? No. But when I put my trust in him, as the word of God says here, they were not disappointed. How about Psalm 37? That's another favorite psalm of many people. Psalm 37. I was speaking to somebody who was going through some serious trials a while back, and you know, I said, you know what? you got to get into the Word of God. And, and maybe for you, the best place to start is, is, in, is right in the book of Psalms because we can relate to them so well. And David and the other psalm writers, you know, they just talked from their heart and they said, you know, I'm, just, I'm having a, a horrible, horrible time and I need help. But then it turns around and, and it, it breaks into a song and a psalm. But David was like that and he even talked about, you know, how he... He was so angry at his enemies. And he even asked God to wipe them out in, in so many different places. But the point is he was open and honest before God. Psalm 37 and verse 3 says, Trust in the Lord. Again, this, this subject is just throughout the Bible. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. And look what he says he will do as we trust in him. In verse 6, he will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, and the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. That's a benefit. That's incredible what God will do as we trust in him, as we put our complete reliance upon his character, his ability, his strength, his truth. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. One more I want you to look at because this one is really awesome. Isaiah chapter uh, 26. And Isaiah, that's ahead a few books. Uh, <clears throat> the first of the major prophets. Isaiah chapter 26, and the major prophets come right after the section of what? Uh, poetry, right. Thank you. And we are right in poetry. The books of poetry uh, include the book of Psalms, obviously. Um, who can tell me what the five books of poetry are, just as a little uh, 
aside here. The five books of folk poetry, and say it, out, say it loudly. Job. Job. Well, we want it in order, of course. Job. <laughs> Psalms. Proverbs. Ecclesiastes. Song of Solomon. Perfect. Good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's my line. You can't use that. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3 and 4. It says, You will keep him in perfect peace. Him whose mind is steadfast. Why? Because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. I don't know about you, but that's what I want, that perfect peace. And how often do you and I not have that perfect peace? Any of you? Maybe you're sitting here today and you go, man, I got no peace whatsoever. I barely got myself here. He says, you will keep him in perfect peace, him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Because he trusts in you. Yet, the question is, will we trust him? Will we rely upon him? That's the question. That's the question of of the ages. It's a question from the beginning of time till today. Will we trust him? There's a preacher named E.V. Hill, and his wife passed away, and he said these words. He said, what is the Lord saying? Speaking about the death of his wife, he said, there's only one message, trust me. Even when you don't understand and can't comprehend, trust me that God would say to you and to me. Another fellow who wrote this uh, account, he says he, he said this, he said, I used to carry my aged mother up and down the stairs of our home here in Chicago, and, and she would grab onto the banister while I was carrying her up or down the stairs and hold onto it so tightly we couldn't move. I'd say, Mama, you, you, you have to let go of the banister or we can't move. And she would look at me, he said, with her plaintive little eyes and say, I'm afraid you'll drop me. He says, that is in microcosm, my interaction with God. I'm hanging on to the banisters of life. I'm hanging on to these little things that make me feel secure, but God loves me more then I love my little mother and God would never let me come to any harm. God knows where we're going. In other words, trust me. But we hold on, don't we? We hold on to that stuff and, and, and he's, he's having trouble. We're trusting in the things around us. Maybe we're trusting in our bank account. Most of us don't have that problem. We're trusting in that car that we have or maybe that's not a good idea either. It's breaking down. We're trusting in our house. We're trusting in our, our friends, our family. But he says, trust in the Lord here. Isaiah, excuse me, Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. See how that applies to everybody, doesn't it? Because we all have a heart. And we all need to trust him. We all need to let go and trust him. Let's turn back to Proverbs chapter 3. He says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. And that heart means, of course, the very deepest parts of who we are, that he wants us to trust him with all of our hearts, with with the very essence of who we are. Every part of that inner person of who we are, not just a little part of it, not just a little Sunday part, 
Not just a little, you know, uh, once a week. Not just half our hearts. Not just kind of lukewarm, but, but, but on fire, trusting Him in completely, burning brightly for Him. Trusting Him, calling on Him, relying on Him, depending on Him with, with all that we got. That's not always easy to do, is it? It's not always easy. And one of the things that makes it difficult is found in the next part there where it says, lean not on your own understanding. He says to trust in Him with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding, but that's exactly what keeps us from trusting in Him completely because we want to understand it all, right? Our understanding, we want, we want to understand it all, we want to know it all, and, and, you know, the truth is we just don't. Or maybe we think we do. I'm not sure what's worse. We don't understand or we think we understand it all. I'm not sure what's worse. But, but you know, there's a, there's a place here where he says don't lean. Don't, don't lay your support. Don't find your support on your own understanding. We need to trust someone other than ourselves and our own understanding. And, and that's, you know, that's not always easy to do. We're not, we're not even raised to do that sometimes. Then in a sense, as children we are, but, you know, as we grow older, we, you know, well, you've got to do, depend on yourself now. You've got to do it your way now. You've got to go after what you want now. You've got to think about this. And, and, and Warren Wiersbe said that, that this doesn't mean that we need to turn off our brains and ex- ignore our intelligence and our common sense. But we need to know that there's someone with a better and a more complete and a more perfect understanding that we can trust in at all times, in all ways, with every part of our lives, in all our ways. Trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. I read this in Ecclesiastes and other a book of uh, wisdom, really, in the, in the section of poetry. And, and uh, Solomon says this, as you, as you do not know the path of the wind or how the, the body is formed in a mother, mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. We can't understand it all, so why do we want to lean on our own limited understanding? It doesn't even make sense, really, except as a rebellion against the Creator. And then we say, you know what, I don't want to lean on you. I'm going to lean on me. And then we start singing that song together, lean on. See what I'm saying, Denise? It's it's a tough crowd. He says, in all your ways acknowledge Him. And and this is an interesting uh, section here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own, your own understanding. And there's only four parts of this two verses that we can memorize. And then the third part here is in all your ways acknowledge Him. In all your ways acknowledge Him. So we have all our hearts trusting Him and now all of our ways acknowledging Him. In other words, what does that mean to acknowledge Him in all our ways? What does that mean? Make Him a part. Bring Him into it. Get Him involved. You know, well, God, you're over here and you're, you're, you're kind of busy, so I'm just going to do my thing now. And when I really need you, I'll reach out. Is that what he says for us to do here? 
No, he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, bring him into it. The, the word literally means to know, and you can see it in the middle of that word, to know. In all our ways, know him. Know him in the middle of it. In all of our ways, know him. Have a relationship with him where we're knowing him in the middle of every part of our lives. You say, oh, Rich, that's just too much. I can't do that. I'm okay at Bible study maybe for, you know, an hour and a week or something. But, you know, most of that is just what? Stubbornness and our own pride, thinking we can do it without Him. And we miss out on the blessing of having God being a part of our, our everyday lives. There's, and, and we can do it. We can acknowledge Him. We can say, God, I, I just want you to be a part of my life. I want you to be a part of this. I got, I'm looking for a, a, you know, a piece of furniture or I need to pay the rent or I need to, you know... Uh, do a good job at my job. God, please, you know, let, help me here. Let's be a part. You know, I want to know you in this. And he says, no, I'm too busy for you. No, he says, I was waiting for you to ask. I'm so glad you asked. And here I am. Of course, he was, all, he was always right there, but we are just kind of turning a blind eye, ignoring him, keeping him out. I can do this one on my own. Know Him in all our ways. Acknowledge Him in all of our ways. David said to his son Solomon, he said, Acknowledge the God of your father and serve Him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. If you seek Him, He will be found by you, but if you forsake Him, He will reject you forever. He's waiting right there if we seek Him. Acknowledge Him in every way. The prophet Hosea, in chapter 6, he said these words, Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge Him. That takes a little bit of effort, right? Let us press on to acknowledge Him. He said, As surely as the sun rises, He will appear. And he will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear as we press on to acknowledge him. You know, I, I am just, you know, I truly believe that the Christian life, the Christian faith is a, is a walk. It's a, a journey. Uh, it's a relationship. It's not just this, this uh, set of doctrinal things we have up here in our heads and we, we just have the Christian faith. And No, this is a relationship with the Almighty God where we, you know, that song, you know, He walks with me and He talks with me and He tells me I am His own. You know that old hymn? I come to the garden alone. Let us press on to acknowledge him, and as surely as the sun rises, he will appear. Let us acknowledge the Lord in all our ways. Acknowledge him. And the last part is this. He says, he will make your paths straight, or he will direct your paths. He will straighten it out. He'll show us the way as we trust on Him, as we depend on Him, as we acknowledge Him, He'll show us, He'll, he'll, he'll direct us in this life. He cares, first of all. Not only does He care, but He knows what's best. He knows what's best for you and for me.
I want to look at a number of verses before we close. And uh, let's start in Psalm 119, which uh, is just back one book because we have these in order now. We got the order all straightened out. Psalm 119, <clears throat> verse, um, well, let's start in uh, verse 105 first. We'll backtrack a little bit. Psalm 119, 105. This is another very familiar verse. Right? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. People sit with me sometimes, I don't know what to do. Well, what does God's word say? Are you reading God's word at all? Do you ever read the Bible? Well, not really. Well, I'm not surprised. You don't know what to do because God will, will direct us. He'll put a lamp on our feet and a light to our path as if we're in the word, in his word. Let's go backwards a little bit. Verse 32 in Psalm uh, 119. And Psalm 119 is basically about God's Word primarily. There's a few verses, a couple that are not directly related to God's Word, but uh, almost every single verse is. Look at verse 32. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Again, we... Acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways, and He will direct our paths. He'll make our paths straight, and one of the ways He does that is through His Word. He says, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. That is exciting. You can see, you know, you can see the, the just running and a heart that's set free, set free from all the things that bind us. How about verse 35 right down below that? Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. For there I find delight in God's incredible word. You remember the story of Balaam? We, we studied the book of Numbers uh, a number of years back. And Balaam, you know, he, was, he had his own, uh, his own plan. And, and it says the angel of the Lord asked Balaam these words. He says, why have you beaten your donkey these three times? He said, I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. Your path's a reckless one before me. And that's not where you or I really want to be. I want to be like this guy here saying, you know, I, I want to run in the path of your commands. You have set my heart free. David says in Psalm 27, teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Two more Proverbs I want to look at, and then we'll finish. Proverbs chapter 4, right by where we were, and then in Proverbs 23. Proverbs 4. Verse 18 and 19. Again, God will direct our paths. God will make our paths straight. In verse 18, the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. 
we, we can see uh, from where we are looking out the window and you know it, the, the, the sun comes up so late right now but you look out the window and you see there's a tiny little gleam uh, of the sun coming up and it gets, just gets brighter and brighter and brighter and then pretty soon it's like everything is bright. And maybe for you and I, we're in this place where we're saying, Lord, I want to trust you. I really, I, I do, but you know, it's just very dark. And, and maybe there's just that tiny little gleam. And maybe today there's a tiny little gleam of hope that you can see just a little tiny pinprick of, of light. And, and just keep trusting, keep holding on to him. He says it's going to get brighter and brighter till the full light of day. Then Psalm, uh, Proverbs 23, verse 19. Listen, my son, and be wise. And keep your heart on the right path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Keep your heart on the right path. I want to read a story written, uh, written by Mike Huckabee, who was a uh, former governor of uh, Arkansas, also a presidential candidate. And, but before that, and a lot of people don't know this, he was a pastor uh, for many years. And this is really from one of his messages. And he says this, When our son John Mark was four years old, he was out playing in the backyard and he got a splinter in his foot. And he came in and he held up his foot. He was crying and he said, I got a splinter in my foot. And I said, sit on the couch, let's look at it. So I looked at it and then as he held up his foot and I reached over to pull the splinter out because I knew it would feel better, he said what every kid says, which I still to this day don't understand, don't touch it. And I said, what do you want me to do? Take a picture of it and mount it on the wall? I've got to touch it, son. I don't levitate splinters out of your foot. It will hurt, he moaned. He's only four. You guys, you that have raised kids, you know what this is like. I said, it might, but it won't hurt as long. It'll sure feel a lot better when I get the splinter out. But somehow that wasn't enough. So Janet, his wife, held down the top of him while I tried to hold down the bottom of him and pull that splinter out. He was kicking and screaming and jerking in all different directions. And just picture it. Picture you, first of all, like that. And here I was with the tweezers trying to pull out the splinter. I was afraid I would jab those tweezers way up into his foot. And I wanted to say to him, son, don't you trust me? What do you think I'm going to do? Cut your foot off? I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. And if you don't let me help you, it's going to get worse, not better. Trust me, I'm your father. I love you. I care about you. And I do this only to help you. Be still and relax. You know what that's like. That's just like us, isn't it? He wants to get in there and take that splinters that we, we pick up in the world and and, uh, whoa, no, we say. And he says, trust me. Will you trust me? That's, just, that's the question of the ages. Will you just trust me? I'm your father. I know what's going on. Let's say it together, shall we? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight.